Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Chrissy from Aurora and Stage. She fuses the ancient practice of yoga and astrology to help clients connect to their gifts and purpose. She's also a podcast host of Aurora and Sage Cosmic Harmony. Chrissy talks about astrology readings and how they can help you and your children, the stages of the moon cycle, their relationship to you, and how following the moon cycle can help you. She also talks about the effects of planets in retrograde. This conversation is a video recording you can watch on YouTube. Let's jump into this Simply Happy guest conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. So today on Simply Happy Conversations, I have with me Chrissy. She is the owner of Aurora and Sage. She also uses yoga and also astrology in her actual practice with clients. And she has her own podcast as well, Aurora and Sage. Welcome, Chrissy. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, it's so lovely to have you on and to hear all your talk about astrology and how you infuse that into your life and also with clients as well. Yeah, it's so cool that people are starting to become like more open-minded, I suppose, to these alternative practices. Um, And I feel really honoured to be able to bring this to the forefront and, and bring an Australian voice to astrology as well, because a lot of the market is very saturated in American voices. And so it's nice to bring it to people that maybe don't know much about it as well and start to teach. Yeah, definitely. And local for me, even better. And local. So great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even though I know that the podcast goes all over the world, you know, yeah. and I think it's like 44 countries all over the world at the moment. So yeah, it's yes. great to be able to share. So maybe tell us some of the things you like to do in your spare time. Yeah. Free um, time. Well, I've got a five-year-old, so I don't have a whole lot of spare time when his mother's out there know what it's like. He's still home with me. And so, look, a lot of my time that I get at home away from work is with him, spent with him doing five-year-old stuff, bike rides and doing creative things. He loves monster trucks. That's pretty much my hobby now with playing <laughs> with monster trucks. Um, but, look, when I don't have him, I, you look, I, I love to get out and do hikes in nature. Being near the ocean is really important to me and spending time. And, you know, I'm a Taurus sun, Taurus Venus, so that makes sense that that's really earthy and it makes sense that I'm really connected to things that ground me and make me feel calm and nature is one of those with an earth sign and music like I spend a lot of time listening to music and listening to podcasts um my mercury's in Gemini so I love to learn I love how everything's mirrored in astrology and I'll bring that up constantly but um because my mercury's in Gemini I've also got lots of different interests so um, you know, I, I'm interested in listening to lots of different types of podcasts and watching different types of documentaries. Um, but astrology, I spend a lot of time in my spare time on astrology because it started out as a hobby and it's never left that sort of, it's always going to be my interest and my passion. And so I don't just do it for work. So it's part of my spare time too, um, whether I'm reading about it or listening about it or whatever it is. 
it kind of takes over your life. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. I can completely (laughs) relate when it comes to organizing the same sort of thing. That's my interest. If someone said, you've got a day off, what would you do? I mean, and do some things like walking or yoga, but I would also then probably do something to do with organizing, whether it's organizing something in my own home or listening yeah. about organizing yeah so I for sure that makes that. sense yeah because yeah. it's part of you and and like I spend so much time taking in information um and learning because that's just who I am innately and so um yeah definitely fitness and yoga obviously is always done in my spare time but that's such a non-negotiable that that's almost not even my spare time it's just the time it's not that I force myself to do it, but it's kind of as scheduled in or as a non-negotiable as work is, say. So when I think of free time, complete free time, it's like not, it's like, what do I want to do? And I'm very intuitive and it depends on mm. that moment. And so if I feel like picking up a paintbrush and painting, I will. Or if I feel like just laying on my bed and meditating, I will. So it depends on the cycle of where I am in my life and what the weather's doing and how I'm feeling um, to what I do in my spare time for sure. Oh, that's beautiful, bringing that awareness of what your body needs and you need at the moment according to also what's going on around you. So then talk about your business. How did you start your business? Yeah, so look, my business Aura and Sage is is fairly new in the working. It started ironically through COVID, which a lot of people did start their own little thing throughout the pandemic. I've been teaching yoga for so long now and I've been in fitness for 16 years. So it's been something that I've always done and yoga nine years now. And I was always teaching at studios and working with studios as a teacher, which was is beautiful and fine. But throughout the pandemic, I wanted to go out on my own for my own reasons. And so then I started my own little business with that and gave it a name. And Aura and Sage always felt really right to me because um, philosophy and sharing my wisdom is something I innately do throughout my yoga teachings. It's not just an asana anatomy-based class. And you know, sage is the wisdom, is the wise, and then aura is my energetic presence. And then throughout that, I started getting really interested in astrology. I had my own astrology readings. I was going through a major shift in my life, separating from my husband, which was really hard. And I had a little, Mason was only two then. And um, I had a stalker at the same time. The pandemic hit. My life completely went upside down. And um, I looked to readings with astrologers to help guide me. And the insight I got was so amazingly profound that I was like, I've got to, I've got to work this out. My Mercury in Gemini wants to know more. Like I can't <laughs> just leave it there. And so then from the couple of different readings I got, um, one of the ladies that did my readings recommended Sydney Astrology School and I started studying it officially. And yeah, and then from there, it just blossomed um, organically into what it is now. And now I do astrology readings for clients um, all around the world. And it's just beautiful to be able to bring this um, to the collective and starting my podcast or in Sage Cosmic Harmony was something that I've been wanting to do forever. I'm a primary school teacher as well, and I have been for 12 years. And that definitely has served a purpose, but it has never allowed me to share my gift of healing for adults. And yeah, and so I needed something that was sort of bringing my gifts in a different light. And um, the podcast is something I've always wanted to do because I love teaching and I love talking. (laughs) I'm a natural (laughs) teacher. 
And so that started only this year and it's been really great to be able to bring that um, to the collective as well, just just to share knowledge more than anything. My oh, innate definitely. teacher comes out. Yeah. Yes, and you can hear that in your podcast, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, teacher thanks. voice and just and sharing the knowledge. Just it's so natural, the knowledge that's coming coming out of your mouth and sharing sharing with us. And I've learned yeah. so much from listening to it. So, so, and thank you so much for sharing that and the challenges that you went through during yeah. um, COVID. So with your readings, how does it help clients? Like, have you got any examples of how it's helped other clients? Absolutely. Um, look, it, it, most of the time clients are coming to me because they're feeling a little bit lost. Like majority of the time people seek astrology readings, not when they're in that most happy, blissful place in their life. It'd be great if people did, but generally we don't seek for you know, self-help, self-guidance, self-development until we reach a place where we feel like we need it. And we, that's why I think we go through suffering is to grow and to evolve and to learn more about ourselves. And if we didn't go through that suffering, we wouldn't learn. And so a lot of people come to me when they're quote unquote suffering, which is a strong word, but lots is coming up in their life. And what the astrology readings often provide is a lot of reassurance, a lot of validation, a lot of self-confidence and self-worth. It helps clear up what lessons are here to be learnt. And sometimes there was one client of mine that had a terrible experience with relationships and a lot of betrayal and things. And in her chart, it was about this innate sense of not putting her own worth first and like letting others take her for a ride. And that was one of her wounds in her chart to work through. And she's just like, like I can't believe it. and she started just going back and telling me all these times in her life and childhood where this kept kept coming up. And so it's really a beautiful place when you're a bit lost, you're not sure what to do, you're wanting clarity, you're maybe having a pivot in your life, maybe there's major changes, maybe there's not, maybe it's just you just want just want a bit of clarity um, on on yourself, really, your own, what your interests are and your purpose. It's often purpose-driven, relationship-driven or career-driven. They're usually the three reasons that people come get a reading. And then I've been doing mini-me readings too, and that's been really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and they've finally been more popular than the natal or forecasting readings, horoscope readings, which I blows my mind. And um, I think because I've got the primary school education background, people really understand that I know children and I'm yep. a mum of myself. And um, I sort of bring in my own skill set of um, meeting children with their needs and how to help them with their needs in terms of as a teacher um, and as a mum of myself. And I bring that into the astrology of their chart. And we look at you know, what their innate gifts are, where their challenges are, where their triggers will be, and then how we can best nurture them as a as a parent and what you're where where you can be best used as a guide and um most parents uh it blows their mind how accurate like I can read yeah. their child with have never met their child and I can say oh yeah little Johnny this is what he'll do and the parent will be like like how do you know that you know? like <laughs> yeah so it's mostly reassuring and validating and just uh, adds a whole level of clarity that you didn't know existed 
Yeah, that's amazing. And I love that, that you're being able to use your strengths as a teacher, but in mm. something else that you're really passionate about and mm. bringing those both together. And, and I know exactly what you're talking about when I go into client's house and I work with kids around toys and organizing toys. And it's just so natural. It feels so natural to work with kids yeah. and organize their rooms and things that they do. And you really do bring that, that teacher they teach your voice and understanding into those sessions, don't you? Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I love it. And and it's definitely going to be a part of me forever. But, you know, I've I've I think that if the reason I love this astrology is because it's it's a tool that we it's already there. It's been written in the stars forever. It's very ancient practice, but mm. it's just not Western recognized. It's just not recognized and to be normal. It's very alternative and you know, it's not not known. And I think it's the not known bit is where people shy away from it because they don't know. And they assume it's this sort of horoscope star sign only and it's that simple. Um, yeah. But astrology is a craft and it's a very complex craft and it's and whereas we are complex beings, but it's through the teaching that you can break that barrier of the not knowing. And you might not leave reading fully knowing everything about astrology, but definitely a lot of those walls are broken down and there's less you know, stigma, I suppose, yeah. attached to it. I wonder, so do you, I wonder why parents are more inclined to take their kids than to do it for themselves? Exactly what I was going to say before. <laughs> yes. It's really fascinating Isn't because it? definitely um, I had a double reading last night, a lady with two children, and I asked her if she's had a reading herself because I'm always interested why people come. And she was like, I haven't. And that's gone for nearly every parent I've read for. Yeah. Nearly everyone has never done one for themselves. But at the end, they're like, I need to do this about me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a typical parent. We yeah, do everything it? for them and not for ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. And generally speaking, it's, and I don't want to stereotype here, but majority of time it's the mother that comes and gets a reading. Oh, the yeah. mum gets one. And it's so stigmatised that mothers uh, you know, don't want to spend money because it's spending money at the end of the day on yourself, yeah. but you'll do it for your child. Yeah. Um, but, like, I just think the best money you can invest in is in learning about yourself, self-development and learning about um, life and everything like that. Like, that is the most important thing you can ever spend money on. And, um, you know, you don't need to feel guilty about doing that for yourself. No, it's amazing role modelling, isn't it, in the end? Like, totally And then is. your children will hopefully osmosis go actually I want to do that reading stuff for my mom and I've got an exact example my daughter I've been doing kinesiology for years and now she's the yeah. one who's like I want to do try that too and do that as well so it's interesting that if I had probably said oh you should do this right at the start years ago there's no way it's no. like no mum that's weird but whereas now that she's used to it and heard me do it and go and talk about it it's like just natural now. So, yeah. That's yeah. so great. And it's just these are all tools, aren't they? Kinesiology, they astrology, they're all tools mm. that help you support you support yourself through life's ebbs and flows and challenges. And, you know, the more tools we can role model and share and use, the better. Um, yeah. It's it's not a one, one, one area fix all. And that's where I like blending a few different practices in my, in my work. Um, and I don't think astrology is the be all end all, but um, it's definitely a tool that is very underused and very undervalued. Um, and I'm glad that's starting to shift finally. Yeah, definitely. Just bringing those strengths, like highlighting the, the reason why you may do things. And also I love that lessons like 
we don't, the lesson's going to keep showing up until you learn that lesson, isn't it? So being totally. able to highlight that and say, this is just a lesson that's being brought to you, um, to your forefront for you to learn. And it's going to keep showing up and it's a positive way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And the other thing that parents get from their ch- child's chart is a lot of, a lot of parents start to blame themselves for things. Mm. And when they see it's in the blueprint of this soul's being that it was, this soul was going to go through it regardless, they can take a deep breath. And you see the parent literally go, Oh, like, thank God it wasn't, it's not because of me. And I, I look, life conditions influence the chart and happenings in the life influence the chart. And that's where we're colorful human beings. But a lot of the things are shown in the chart, like, you know, childhood trauma might be in the chart and then you might blame yourself for that, but they were going to go through it regardless. That's their path they've chosen. So it does, um, you know, take the power back a little bit. Yeah, that's great. Mm. So then how, so why is each moon sort of linked full moon important or the moon cycle? So how does that influence us? Well, the moon cycles, look, they're in, super important. The reason being is um, the moon is the closest body to the earth, of course. So it has that literal magnetic pull on the earth. Um, but as especially I want to talk to women, especially when I, when we talk about our menstrual cycles and just humans, we're, we're cyclical in nature. Weather is cyclical in nature. Everything in nature is cyclical. And so the moon is cyclical. So following the moon phases and working with the moon is an ancient practice that's been forgotten as well. Full moons are important, but they're not the only important part. <laughs> they're just probably the most, um, I guess, again, known. Most people know it's a full moon, but people don't know when um, the moon's in cancer in a balsamic phase. They don't know that. And so, again, it's bringing knowledge. So full moons are important because we have like a bird's eye view, if you like. I think of it like new moon, you start to climb the mountain and set the intention and you move through it. And at the full moon, you're at like the peak of the cycle. A lot of people think full moon's the completion of the cycle, but it's not. It's not until there's that, the waning phase that comes around to the new moon that the cycle completes. And then the new moon starts a new cycle. And so we can work with the full moon in terms of like readjusting, resetting, looking at our life and being where need adjustments need to be made and changes need to happen. And I think sometimes we can get overwhelmed in life. There's so many things we want to do or change or fix or improve. And if we work with the moon and month by month, just to pair it back and just keep one intention really simple and allow that to be your focus, then your new moon, you set the seed and the intention and you set the action and the first part of the moon phase is quite active. You get to the full moon and you can kind of look back over the last two weeks and say, okay, where am I hitting the mark? Where am I missing the mark? What needs to change? And that's where full moons are often known with like clearing and purging and shedding. And it can be very in a very emotional time because everything is lit up. There's a lot to see. And so when we see a lot and everything's known, it can bring up a lot. Yeah. It's very in your face mm. technically. And then as the moon starts to move down the phase or we move down the mountain, it becomes more internal and we start to get that introspective okay. And then when we become internal, we connect with our intuition. What's next? What next needs to change? Where do we go now? Is it the same sort of thing or is it completely different of this next month? And so it's a way to keep accountability but connecting with your intuition as well. And, yeah, I think with women as well, um, we're probably more connected to the moon cycle 
than normal. And I think we've lost our way a little bit with that. And I would love, I've got a lot of ideas of bringing that to the forefront and again, teaching more and bringing that into the standard and the normal rather than the woo-woo and the witch ceremonial um, taboo that it has because um, the moon is not (laughs) taboo, it's there and it's um, part of us whether we deny it or not. So can you talk a little bit about like perimenopause and using the moon as a way of like regulate your cycle? Because possibly when you've gone into menopause, you have no cycle anymore. Yeah. Well, you're still cyclical in nature though because even men can follow the moon phase. Um, Their phases reset in 24 hours, their Mm. hormonal phase, whereas we know women's go over the month. And even when you're past that perimenopause and post that phase, you're still you still have majority of women still have um, a womb, you know. There's, it's still there. So there might not be the literal shedding, but you're still going to be feeling the cycles. Um, so in terms of learning the cycles, look, I, I need another hour to talk about <laughs> all the moon phases and how we can work with it. Look, there's a lot of research out there on when to be active and when to pull back, um, and there'll be research in postmenopausal sort of phase too. Um, but I just think connecting back, as I said, connecting back to your intuition, because if you connect to your intuition, you don't even need that research you will naturally know and you will instinctively know um, when it's a time to pull back. For example, this weekend we've got two and a half days of the moon in Cancer, moving through Cancer, and Cancer is a very home sign, very like nurturing your loved ones, staying at home, and I just sense it. I walk around Mm. my neighbourhood and everyone's home. And my yoga class I taught this morning, they just they wanted just to be grounded and nurtured, like I just felt it. And so if you tune into energy, you don't need a computer to research. Think about astrology used a 1,000 years ago. They didn't have computers to research. It was their own connection. So keep it simple. Yeah, interesting because I I felt that too. I was like, I don't really want to do anything this weekend. I'm happy to be around the house. And funny, I have three podcasts all lined up today to be, which is also just staying at home and at hanging home. out with the kids yeah so interesting how that energy does when you tune into your intuition and what you actually need isn't it totally. so then when we're um following the moon how can the moon like help us just in our our lives how can we use the cycles like not just as this but f- for kids as well because i know yeah i'm teaching with kids <laughs> It can it's interrupt our, our, our sleep, doesn't it? Yeah, it totally does. The full moon anyway. The full moon definitely does. And the animals as well. You'll notice yes. the animals sense it. And, again, animals don't have a computer to look it up. They just know. Um, my little boy doesn't tend to sleep around the full moon, so there's always a couple nights where he's a bit more active and wired. And um, I know that's that's typically associated with the full moon and people that work <laughs> People that work in the emergency room or they always say like um, the full moon's when most women break their waters. Um, It's crazy when you think about that. Um, You cannot deny that connection. Like how does that work? Every The full moon isn't on the same day. It's not on the same date every month and yet it's still when women break their waters the most. Um, The emergency room's always full. Um, I don't know about crime. My sister's a detective. I could ask her whether crime's on the peak and full moon, but 
Look, in terms of working with it, again, I just think it's listening to your intuition. And like I said, that new moon phase is very energetic and starting to build that two weeks between new moon and full moon is like a building phase, starting to plant the seeds, if you like, getting active, putting in action, doing things, um, depending on which zodiac the moon's in as well. Because again, astrology is very complex. Full moons, really seeing what is, what needs to go, especially what weight you're lugging that needs to be let off so you can keep moving forward. And then towards the end, it's like coming back in. Um, so it's really interesting if you're a woman out there that is menstruating, um, connecting when you're in your bleed phase and what the moon's doing. Um, majority of the women that are tapped in would be connected to the moon phase. And your most women either bleed on the new moon or the full moon. And they call that back in the day, they used to call that the red moon or the white moon. And there's different cycles. And um, the witches back in the days that were burnt at the stakes would um, talk about that. So this is a, something that's gone on through ancient history. So in terms of rituals and things, I think every moon's different. And I think that's what people don't want to hear. <laughs> they want a really simple answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in fact, it's it's not every full moon the same. Some full moons are definitely light a fire, write a letter, burn it, that sort of ritual. Some full moons are get back, get into community, but some full moons are go internal, don't see anyone, connect with yourself. Some full moons are no ritual this full moon. So it really depends on what's going on, you know, and if it's an eclipse, that's a whole nother level of a full moon. So I run full moon circles once a month or most months, um, depending on the moon and the alignments. And I go into the specific of what's going on in the rest of the sky. I won't just talk about the full moon in isolation because that is nice, but that's not accurate um, as we in astrology terms. Um, so if there's a full moon, for example, coming up, we've got a full moon in Pisces and we're going to be in quite a retrograde energy. So it'll be very internal. It'll be very different compared to if all the planets were direct and everything was very out there and, you know, energetic, it would be a different moon. So yeah, it's not one shoe fits all, if that makes sense, mm, one yeah, size yeah, fits yeah. all. Yeah. It does depend on the moon. That's why you need to follow an astrologer, um, like, you know, someone that can help you moon by moon. What do we need to do for this one? And if you're not sure, go within because you are your best guide. Yeah, that's great. Great advice. So maybe to, can you just touch on um, retrograde as well, Mercury yeah. retrograde, just because so, I'm sure people are like, I've heard of that. I'm not just not quite sure about what it is and why it occurs. Yeah. yeah. So retrograde is when we say a planet is entering a retrograde phase, it's, it's an illusion, basically. So it, what it is that the, the planet appears to go backwards in the sky, um, but it's not actually going backwards. It's just like when you're on a still train and the train next to you starts moving and you have a moment where you go, whoa, I thought I was moving. It's that energy. And so um, the planet will look like um, it's suddenly going backwards, but the way the cycles, the elliptic cycle works, um, they're not actually so it's that chunk of time when it looks like the planet's going backwards that we call the planet retrograde in astrology terms. Mercury retrograde is the hit one that everyone talks about, mm. but Mercury retrograde is something that happens three to four times a year and for three weeks, and so it's not so big. The really big retrogrades are Venus and Mars, okay? So they're the big ones. So Mercury, Mars, and Venus are in the planets. Mercury retrogrades all the time. You will get technology glitches. You will have to really pause before you speak, reread things, double check. Travel delays are common during Mercury retrograde. 
So yes, it's a time just for Mercury rules communication. Um, so it's a time to like pause. I always think of pause with Mercury retrograde and double check and recheck and then check one more time. <laughs> um, but the Venus and Mars retrograde are actually more profound and they're the ones to actually look out for. And then the rest of the planets retrograde every year for a huge amount of time because they're out of planets. So, for example, um, Saturn retrograde is happens for, you know, a chunk of time of the year, you know, and we've got Uranus retrograde coming up, which is five to six months of the year retrograde. So we don't need to worry that much about them. It's when there's a saturation of planets in retrograde um, that it's, whoa, like the, you feel something because it's, well, by, by in a couple of weeks' time, once we have Mercury retrograde and Uranus retrograde, we have nearly every single planet retrograde except for Mars. And oh, we wow. don't count the moon and the sun. Yep. This. So when Venus is retrograde, which is now, it happens every 18 months, huge, huge changes for the collective in terms of relationships. It's always a reset. It's always a chance to revisit finances um, because Taurus rules find your worth and your worth and value links with finances. And Venus also rules uh, relationships. And so it's definitely a time to revisit who's in your life. And I'm extending this relationship word to friendships as well, yeah. um, colleagues, things. It's not just intimate one-on-one -on -one relationships. But classically, a lot of breakdowns throughout Venus retrograde of relationships. And when this happens, it's usually for aligning, aligning yourself to more, to better partnerships, better friendships, better, you know, more aligned in, um, in your truth. Uh, so that's a Venus retrograde. And then Mars retrograde happens every two years. So when that happens, generally it alternates, not always. That is another big one. So make sure you look out for that as well. So Mercury retrograde look out for but don't fear it it happens all the time it happens all the time doesn't it yeah <laughs> and I always notice when I have glitches with computer stuff I'm like I bet it's um mercury retrograde I look and it's like oh it is yes yes <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. yeah yeah you definitely feel it and you definitely know again that's you being really in tune with what's yeah. going on but I don't think any it's really interesting because it's that fine line between free will and fate as well with astrology and that's something that everyone needs to work out their own beliefs and values with mm. that because I think that we can have that energy definitely within us but how much you let it control you is up to you. And that's where using astrology is as a tool but like I was saying to you, it's not the be-all, end-all and if we let it control our life, we become the pawns in our life if you like. We've got to remember that we're in control and um, it's not that we have no control. Regardless, even in Mercury Retrograde, you can still travel. Like oh, you yeah. can still do things. So um, it's not letting that external energy control you, but it's being aware. It's the awareness yeah. that it's is awareness, the isn't it? yeah. Yeah. empowerment. Yeah, yeah. So how can people connect with you or find out more or even get a reading? Because you can do those anywhere in the world. Online, yeah, yeah. I generally, I generally do them remotely. I have only do a few every now and then in Geelong locally, but generally they're done remotely because I started them through the pandemic and it's just continued that way. Um, so people can reach me on my website, which is auraandsage.com. So A-U-R-A and sage.com. Um, on there's all my readings I do. So I can do natal chart readings where we look at what's going on for you in your birth chart. But then we can also do an astrology reading where 
I do that and explain it all that to you, but then we also look at the next 12 months for you and what's coming up. And that forecast read is probably where astrology comes to life a bit more mm. and where people will can come back and get yearly readings or um, quarterly readings. We can do it three monthly too. And we can really get into the themes coming up for you and how to handle what's coming up. And it's amazing um, when you have that awareness and you know what's coming up, how much um, you feel empowered about it and things don't rock your boat as much. So there's those readings, obviously the mini-me readings, if you've got children, are on there too. Um, there's lots of different types of readings, so feel free to check that out. And um, I teach yoga locally. I haven't yet taught online. I probably should, but um, <laughs> there's such a saturation so of the market. So much nicer in person though. Exactly. And that's why yeah. I teach. I, I teach more so for that connection. That's really yeah. important. And then my Instagram's at Aura and Sage. It's all the same name and on podcast or Apple, Spotify, um, yeah, podcasts, whatever, wherever you get them is Aura and Sage Cosmic Harmony. And my podcasts I just do intuitively. I'm not very great yeah. at making sure I'm doing one a week sort of thing, but it just depends on when I've got a message to drop in or a meditation to share or like information on just say the full moon, I will definitely drop an episode in there. So make sure you're following me so you keep updated on that. Yes, it's great. Thank you so much for your time and sharing all your wisdom, Chrissy. And I'm sure I'll put all those links so people can connect with you. Thank great. you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Have a great um Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you'd like a clutter-free home and clear mental space to be able to focus and get stuff done, then join me for an introduction to yin yoga. These yin yoga shapes have been selected to balance your base and heart chakra so that you feel grounded, supported, accepted and connected and can reduce mental and physical clutter in your life. Get immediate access to the free short videos and take the first step towards a clutter-free home and mind. Head to simplyhappy.com.au in the resource section and start today. I'd like to acknowledge the Wathaurong people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.